1: Welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. This is Taylor Thomas, Jessica Miller, and Christiana Reed. And today, we have a very anticipated episode for you. I don't actually know if it was anticipated cuz we're by us. Yeah, by us. <laughs> because we're recording this before we've even launched our podcast at all. So who knows? You didn't know it, but you've all been anticipating it. <laughs> yeah. We've been anticipating your anticipation. So today we're talking about attachment in romantic relationships, and we're going to pull a lot from the book, Attached, The New Science of Adult Attachment and How It Can Help You Find and Keep Love, lengthy title. Short title. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh wait! I mean, I meant lengthy,
1: <laughs> and it's by Amir Levine and Rachel S.F. Heller, and we have read this book and have found it to be really enlightening. Uh, in fact, well, Jessica and I read it when we were still in the dating phase of life, mm-hmm. and we gleaned a lot from this book, and I I feel like it was kind of essential for me. And yeah, it
2: got us both married. Yeah, so it did. That's a five out of five stars.
0: So
1: I me. think essential is an appropriate word. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So if you guys remember, if you tuned into our first episode, we talked about the three different attachment styles. And that is what this book is based on as well. So we have secure attachment, anxious attachment and avoidant attachment. And today we're going to break down how those attachment styles manifest in romantic relationships. But the cool thing about the book is there's actually a quiz in the beginning where you can find out what your attachment style is. So that was probably the eye-opening thing for me, was because I was not secure when I took that quiz. I did not get a secure attachment result. Mm -hmm. I want to start by reading a quote that I thought was really interesting from the book. It says, Basically, secure people feel comfortable with intimacy and are usually warm and loving. Anxious people crave intimacy, are often preoccupied with their relationships, and tend to worry about their partner's ability to love them back. Avoidant people equate intimacy with a loss of independence and constantly try to minimize closeness. So, Which one should we dive into first, guys? Let's talk about anxious.
0: I feel like we see a lot of anxious, not only like in ourselves, but in our clients. And also we see it in movies and TV and books Mm -hmm. and just people. Yes.
1: All right. So I'll talk a little bit about what that looks like then. And while I talk about that, maybe just think about if you think this is you or describes <laughs> you in any way. So, people who have anxious attachment tend to be the people that spend a lot of time worrying about if their partner loves them or not, if their partner's committed to the relationship. If they're not with their partner a lot, they are kind of constantly worried about what's going on with them. Uh, A classic example is the person who sends a text, doesn't get a response immediately, sends another text, keeps sending texts because they're anxious that the other person's not responding. Mm -hmm. And it's not always to that level. That's not how it always manifests. It's just kind of a visual example for you. But anxious people, they want their partners to kind of be accessible at all times so that they can be validated. And if they don't feel validated that the relationship's going well or that their partner is close to them, they will create drama or can create drama in the relationship too. Right, to just pull yeah. that person back in. Yeah. yeah, to try to get them to be close. So the person that's constantly like, are we okay? We need to talk. I just don't know if we're okay
2: So when I hear about this creating the drama to pull them in, I just think about this classic example in The Office where Jim is dating Karen and she finds out that he used to have a crush on Pam. And so they have this series of late night conversations. And then later, Roy finds out that Jim and Pam kissed and Roy's reaction is just a punch, Jim. (laughs) And Karen has this iconic line of like... My reaction was to have a series of long talks over a few weeks. Roy just punched him. And it like really (laughs) highlights those two different styles of just like, oh, man, I'm so anxious. We just had to get through it and really get to the nitty gritty versus just like, whatever, dude, you suck. That would be more avoidant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So anxious people, if they start to feel something's bothering them in the relationship, they get (laughs) flooded really quickly with emotions and then think in the extremes. Lots of those talks, lots of those, I don't know, in-depth conversations about what's going on when really the partner may feel like nothing wrong is going on until they're stuck in this conversation for days
0: yeah. I, I remember when I would do a lot of marriage therapy, I would, I would see this classic kind of presentation where there would be the husband and he would come in and the wife and what would happen is they would have a fight. Right. And then if I had a wife that was anxious, she would like, they'd have a fight. And then the wife who was anxious would be like freaking out that he was going to leave. Right. Right. So that was where her mind would go. You know, she's anxious. She's like, okay, we had a fight. He's mad at me. He's going to leave. And so her reaction was she would want to talk and talk and talk and figure it out and figure it out so that she could get, you know, get to the bottom of it, figure it out. And then the guy... Not all of them, but in some of these situations, the guy was avoidant. And so it was almost like he was building this wall. He would kind of stonewall her because he wasn't ready to talk about it. And so he'd throw up this wall. He's just building the wall and building the wall higher and higher and higher. And then it was almost like you could visually see her climbing over it. (laughs) It's like he's building this wall and he's just like high brick after brick after brick after brick, like keep her away, keep her away. I can't do this. And she's on the other side, like an animal, you know? And she's just like crawling up that wall. Like I've got to get to him. I've got to get to him. I've got to figure this out. And then when I would create that image for them, like you're building a wall and she's climbing over it. And when you do this, your wall keeps getting higher and she keeps getting stronger you know and she just keeps going (laughs) higher and higher and neither of you are going to stop you know so it was Mm -hmm. once you like created the image that he was being avoidant and she was being anxious they were both like oh my gosh you're right you know and so anyways it was like that classic image that they were like nobody's gonna win right there but yeah you have that anxious person that they cannot feel relief until they have that resolution Right. So it's like you have that. Tell me you love me. Yes. Yes. Tell me you love me. Tell me you're not going to leave me and I'll be okay. Or I send this text Mm -hmm. message. They see the dot, dot, dots, or they don't see the dot, dot, dots, Mm -hmm. and they are freaking out and they will not feel better unless they have that response text saying, It's Mm -hmm. okay. I love you. It's okay. We fought. Everything's okay. Or I'll see you tomorrow. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just that you're right. Cage is just that escalation of feelings that's overwhelming.
2: Yeah. And they start to chase it because that relief is so immediate and so strong Mm -hmm. and it reconnects them to that relationship so strongly, but it doesn't last that long. So they start chasing that kind of miniature high in the relationship, which can become very suffocating for the other partner.
1: Absolutely. I remember
2: when we were first married, I asked Elliot like all the time if he loved me because he's a very avoidant person. And so he brought out the anxious in me mm-hmm. and he would always just be like, well, yeah, I married you. And I'd be like, that's not enough proof. Oh, <laughs> you know? my God. And I remember that at the beginning. And it was because I was like chasing that high. And now I remember saying something like a few months ago and he was like,
0: "Oh, well, you haven't done that in a long time. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, I grew out of it. <laughs> I have made a lot of anymore. progress. I love that you said that. That made me feel so validated because I would say that to Logan all the time when we got mm-hmm. married. I'd be like, "Do you love me? Do you love yeah. me? Do you love me?" I would say it like multiple, even times though they just today. married you, you know. Even yeah, just married, and he had almost like an exact response. He'd be like, "I just told you I loved you," but when yeah. in his mind, "just told me he loved me" would be like three days ago, you know. Right. and you I'd know, be like. I'd be like, no, 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 I need to hear it now. Like, I need to I need to know.
1: So, I need to be reminded. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And I'm over here, the avoidant, who's like, I'm not going to tell you I love you until you tell me you love me first. <laughs> and I will hold out. Right. So, we should talk about avoidant now. Because yes, let's get to that. Taylor, you talked about that in your example, like the husband mm-hmm. being avoidant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Avoidance, uh, I guess, just kind of the classic definition is they just value being independent more than the relationship they're in. Yeah. So, so, a player, <laughs> KJ, that's I you. Mean, nah, <laughs> It could be seen that uh, way. A very Avoidance a or classic misunderstood. Classic example would be a player. Yes, yeah, yes. but we're we're just misunderstood. All right, I just I need you <laughs> yeah. guys to hear that. Yeah, um, that's good. stand up for your people yeah so so avoidance they struggle to recognize and share their feelings. Mm-hmm. That is a struggle, and I guess another indicator that you may be avoidant is you keep holding out for the quote unquote right one mm-hmm. and then you get really irritated with little things and you analyze and you pick. People that you're dating apart, and you find the little things that will you'll make into big things, like, Oh, we could never work out because they don't like dance parties.
2: Yeah. But I mean, also, I feel like dance parties are a pretty big part of your
0: life. So,
1: yeah, it was valid. Yeah. <laughs> um, so
0: it's like you hear this person where you might also hear these big phrases, like, Oh, they have commitment issues or.
1: Yes. People that might,
0: in other words, like self-sabotage, like what you've been talking about, like yeah. self-sabotage, then, like a perfectly functional relationship.
2: Right. Because they yeah. want to get out of there because they mm-hmm. feel trapped.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they can't identify why they're feeling trapped. So right.
2: they, so they to, pin it on that other person yeah. and something that's wrong with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So for me, if I think back to why I became avoidantly attached, I feel like a very foundational relationship in my life. I dated somebody who was avoidant. And I think it was just kind of the classic, like they connect with you, validate you, invest, and then they pull back without Mm -hmm. notice at all. And just that, the repetition of that pattern caused me to create that pattern in order to be on the offense, I think,
2: Right, Mm -hmm. because then you can push him away before he pushes you away. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't hurt as much when he pushes you.
1: Right. So first it became, well, initially like a a defense against it. And then I would use that on other people so that I had the upper hand. Avoidance Mm kind of always want to be one step ahead. They always are the person that's giving up on something first because then they're not getting hurt ever. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, when I read this book I recognized oh that's what I do I'm the person that goes home after a date and I pick apart the date and I figure out the little thing that went wrong or the little uh, trait they had that wouldn't work and I make that a big thing and Mm -hmm. yeah maybe I would date people for a few months but if I imagine I was probably the most frustrating person to date because I would not initiate anything. I would not initiate texts. I wouldn't initiate calls. I wouldn't initiate hanging out. While I was in the moment, though, I feel like I would be invested and show that I was having a great time. But then mm-hmm. when I wasn't with that person, I really craved just being independent and doing my own thing because that was safe. That was the comfort zone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So when you put avoidant people with anxious people. It's It's like a perfect storm, baby. (laughs) You just need like George Clooney at the helm
0: of that ship and you're just like.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. The anxious avoidant trap. That's what it's called in Attached. Mm -hmm. And it is rough because they go around and around. Just like Taylor said, she's climbing up the wall, getting stronger, and he's just consistently laying bricks, keeping her
1: out. Mm-hmm. And it is exhausting for both people. Yeah, mm. and avoidance, don't communicate. That's the number one thing. I mean, yeah, you'll hear you'll hear a lot of
0: people a lot of spouses or partners complain about an avoidant and they'll say things like they never open up about their feelings or I never know what you're thinking or you know, we get in these fights and I'm the only one that's talking or you know, like they just they'll stonewall or they'll they won't open up and communicate or anything like that because they feel like they can't because the moment that they open up the moment that they show a little bit of what's inside is the moment that somebody will take that and then use it against them so they can't and can't hurt them right Mm -hmm. so they cannot show even the tiniest chink in their armor or else the worst thing in the world will happen to them their greatest fear which is being hurt
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually yeah. that. So I just put a bunch of quotes from attached down just because I love them so much. And Taylor, what you just said reminded me of this one
0: mm-hmm.
1: that said studies have found that the same areas in the brain that light up in imaging scans when we break a leg are activated when we split up with our meat. As part of a reaction to a breakup, ah. our brain experiences the departure of an attachment figure in a similar way to that in which it registers physical pain. Isn't that crazy? It is. Yeah, that our brain does that, and that's why our brain sees it so concrete. Yeah, rejection, it, all yeah, of that is actually so physically painful.
0: painful. Well, and it makes sense because as humans, we're wired for connection. Like yep. we aren't supposed mm-hmm. to be isolated. We aren't supposed to be alone. We're supposed to be together. Mm-hmm. Like we're supposed mm-hmm. to be connected, and so it would make sense that our bodies and our minds reflect those They'll consequences. Have such a huge when, reaction when it's broken. When, it goes wrong. when mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. We've all felt that heartbreak, you know, like when we're when you're broken from like a mate or a you know, or just like from mm-hmm. somebody that you love, like. You know, when you're separated from somebody like that or when somebody dies, like we, you feel that it's, it's heartbreaking. And so it makes sense. I mean, we paint this, we paint this picture of this avoidant person, you know, this player who won't open up and he's avoidant and he won't return your texts. And you know what I mean? Like we paint this picture of this person. Right. But it, I mean, it makes sense that we're all afraid. We're all afraid because of the pain and the pain is real. Right. Yeah. And there
2: will be pain no matter who you attach exactly. to or how healthy your attachment is. There's always going to be pain in connecting so closely to another human because mm-hmm. they right. cannot
0: always read what you need. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because in order to obtain a significant level of connection or in, or in order to be connected with somebody, we have to obtain a certain level of vulnerability. Right, And so if we're never able to open up and show people our weaknesses or that chink in our armor, then we're never going to connect. Right. Right.
2: So I think that moves us into the secure attachment, which is really... So you guys will remember from our last episode, this is the person who can receive love to their bucket and can give love to other people's buckets. And they can have that free interfacing, right? Mm -hmm. So it looks like a lot healthier of a relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're really balanced between caring enough and worrying enough, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. They're yeah. not overly worried and they do care, but not to a point that's suffocating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are comfortable with being intimate with people and sharing their feelings and communicating and not just constantly being stressed about having to communicate all the time. Yeah. So that's the goal and I think I think we should talk a little bit about how we can get there. If we mm-hmm. identify as anxious and avoidant because just to, you know, assure reassure people that my marriage is not doomed. I have worked on my <laughs> avoidant <laughs> That none of ours are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have yeah. worked on my avoidant <laughs> attachment a lot. And so when I read this book, it became very clear to me what the issues were. So how I worked on it was just putting myself out there first, taking initiative, just embracing the discomfort of initiating a text or inviting um, the person I was dating to do something or actually having a conversation if I wasn't happy about something, which is something I didn't do in past relationships, I would just be unhappy or whatever. And I would never talk about it. I would just end it. So actually trying to put in work to make something work helped me really invest more and learn a lot more about that person, identify their attachment style and see how we could work on that. I met my husband who has a secure attachment. I think a mark of a a securely attached person is they're just very consistent. And his consistency was not overwhelming to me, but it was also not avoidant. Like it was just the right amount of consistency. And that helped me attach to him in a way that caused me to shift my style to be more secure. So Mm -hmm. just being self-aware of what your things are and Mm -hmm. then pushing through the discomfort. And over time, your attachment style can change and Voila. Yeah. And, really I, should, yeah. and I like what you just said about like, the, about the secure person being consistent.
0: And that reminds me of our last podcast when Jessica was talking about being a mother, and how for your children, and she says something that I felt like was really poignant. She said, like, as a mom, like your children don't need you to be perfect. They just need you to be consistent. And I feel like really really well in these romantic relationships as well like your partner doesn't need you to be perfect they just need you to be consistent Mm -hmm. you know because like we as humans we can't always be expected to be perfect even in our our romantic relationships but we can be consistent for people and show them that no matter what we're always going to show up we're always going to be there and we're going to provide like a secure safe place for them to always come home to and to be there for
2: yeah instead of providing a home where you come home and you don't know what game they're playing and you don't know what their mood's going to be and but really just having that safe secure haven of this relationship is where i feel comfortable it's where i feel calm rather yeah. than it's where i feel played yeah that's not what you want to be feeling in your relationship
0: yeah mm-hmm.
2: or whatever but we also can change our attachment style in certain relationships based on the attachment style of the person we're with And so I was a lot more avoidant while dating. And actually in the book, they talk about how the dating world is full of avoidance (laughs) because the dating world is full of people who aren't ready to settle down and have a secure relationship yet. So you want to kind of watch out for that when you're dating, just so you guys know. But (laughs) I was a lot more avoidant when I was dating. And then I read this book and I tried to get better. And then when I met Elliot, he's more avoidant from his childhood. He's always been avoiding his mom. will talk about that. And so I was a lot more anxious trying to pull things out of him. And so mm-hmm. you can see how my attachment style changed just because of who I was with, which is yeah. something else you want to watch for. And because I was so aware of it, it didn't concern me because I knew that we were both working on growing towards
0: more security, which we mm-hmm. definitely are now. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I love that you said that how it can change with each with different people that you're with. Yeah. And different relationships too. You, you can be securely attached, but you can have anxious or avoidant behaviors. Right. Right.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to look for those patterns over your like dating history Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and like through your marriage of like, how do I communicate? How do I connect Mm -hmm. with people? I mean, really like I've had a few people where I just suggest reading the book because I've known them long enough to know that every relationship is ending after a couple of weeks. Mm. And for me, I'm like, oh, you've got to read the book because you've either got some anxious or avoidant coming on, you know. Yeah. And then I can recommend it. And I've had so many people be like, oh, my gosh, I'm working on it. It's changing. I totally was avoidant. Or one girl was like, I was anxious and avoidant. That's the worst you can be. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. But again, she worked on it, is now happily married. I assume I don't really have like a magnifying glass for their marriage. But (laughs) it's just that idea of watching your patterns and seeing like, am I running away from relationships all the time? Am I looking for perfection? Or am I actually sinking into it and being vulnerable and connecting? But it's just Mm -hmm. not the right person. Yeah. And that's what's huge is understanding your attachment style can help you realize if You're ending relationships because of your attachment style versus because it's the wrong person.
0: Yes. Yes. Because
2: there are times that it's the wrong person, but there's other times when you're running away from someone who could be great because you feel trapped
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and you Uh, don't want to do that. I think that's a super important point to make, Jessica. I'm glad you said that because this book, I mean, reading it and talking about these attachment styles, it's not... You know, it's not to give you an out to say, oh, you know, that relationship failed. It must be because they're anxious or avoidant or I'm that way. Really, some people can make things work. You just have to communicate. Mm -hmm. And being able to talk these things through, you can really see, okay, do do we have the ability to work on this together? Because yes. if you do, it can really work out. It'd mm-hmm. be great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's all about that communication and opening up about that. And luckily, we're going to do an entire episode on communication and how to check in. And, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, and just those skills. Because what Logan and I, my husband, have figured out that we have to do is we have a nightly check in where we check in with each other and it's an emotional check in for an hour. And that is in uh, like just like an insane amount of time. Sometimes when I think about it, like there <laughs> yeah. are so, and we sometimes look at each other. We're like, "Oh my gosh, I don't want to check in." He's like, "I'm like, I would much rather just like binge something on Netflix or like, like both of us are just like, we yeah, don't. We'd rather do this. avoid. We would rather avoid, you know, doing this right now. But we know that doing a che- an emotional check in, and that is literally, you guys, we go through every emotion that we felt that day. And then at Mm -hmm. the end of it, you're so um, you're just so aware of the other person's emotional climate that it really allows you to feel heard and validated and secure so that at the end of the day, like it's like we fill our cups up all day with all this stuff from all these other people and all these emotions. And at the end of the day, it's like you can sit with somebody with a secure space between you and you get to empty the cup in Mm -hmm. a safe place. And then you just get to get ready for another day. So like KJ mentioned, if you guys are struggling with your attachment style, you can have a safe space between the both of you if you're willing to work on it. There's no reason why you can't.
2: Yeah. And you can grow in security, but Mm -hmm. it does take time. Like they say that a secure attachment, you'll become secure over three years of a secure relationship. And so give yourself time to like, okay, you know, KJ is still newly married, so she's still going to have those avoidant behaviors flare up, that doesn't mean that they have an avoidant relationship, but it means that they're working towards security. And that's great. Mm -hmm. And we always are going to have that anxious and that avoidance come up. But as long as we're working towards security through things like emotional check-ins and stuff, it's going to be great.
0: Yeah, and nobody's perfect. Like, And if you read this book and you find out that you're anxious or you're avoidant, it's not a death sentence. It's just yes, congratulations. emotional. Yeah, you're no one more. of us. Yeah, join the club, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> it's just now you have emotional awareness and you can move on the spectrum towards being more healthy. That's mm-hmm. pretty much it. So
1: Yeah. Sweet. I love it. Well, we want to leave you guys with some takeaways. Mm-hmm. From this episode. So I'm just going to break this down by attachment style. Maybe we'll do it that way. So, yeah, this is your takeaway if you feel like you have an anxious attachment. So, a good thing to do would be to work on your friendships and your hobbies outside of your romantic relationship. Because if you're so if you're just clutching on to that relationship so much, that's all you spend your time thinking about, it's not healthy for you. So try to work on branching out a little bit, focusing on some other things, embrace your own independence a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Definitely. If you feel like you're more avoidant, then I think a good thing for you to do would be to question your tendency to run when it feels like the other person is trying to connect with you. So if this person wants to spend time with you or wants to call you or tries to initiate a texting conversation with you and you just try to run from it, just think about that and really think about it. Really question that Mm -hmm. and why you're doing that. Is it because you really don't feel like the relationship is a good fit or are you just trying to protect yourself from something that may end up actually being great? for you. right, And then the last one is a takeaway if you feel like you are secure. So just be curious about what your partner expects and is prepared to invest in your relationship. Try to connect with them even more. Ask them questions. Um, Just continue to work on those communication skills and those skills you already have that helped you help you connect easily with people and just keep that Mm -hmm. connection rolling. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking about emotional awareness and that is basically how you are feeling, understanding yourself more, and understanding how you come off to other people. And also, we want you guys to know that we would love to hear any comments or reviews that you have for our podcast or any topics that you would be interested in hearing. So if you would be interested in hearing something that we haven't talked about, please leave a comment and feel free to share this podcast with anybody that you feel would be interested in it or that you feel like could benefit from it. So thanks for coming. Sayonara, suckers. (laughs) <laughs> Hasta la vista <laughs> Bye Thanks for joining us today We want to create a community of inclusion Where we can have conversations about topics That you need help with or have questions about We want you to have a voice in this process So please let us know what you want to hear about On future episodes You can email us at Thoughtspod at gmail.com And if you search Thoughtspod You can find us on Facebook, Instagram And Twitter all original music is composed by Milan Bryach from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us. Blue bears. Blue bears. We want to leave you with takeaways.
1: Cool beans, cool, 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 cool beans, 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 cool beans, cool beans, cool beans,
2: cool beans. To you today from
0: the restroom.
2: So, Isn't that sound quality nice, guys? Don't you appreciate Taylor going <laughs> to the bathroom for you? We appreciate
0: I it. I will do anything for our listeners <laughs> to have the
1: best sound quality we can get you guys. Are you
0: ready for this?